0: available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This is Play Me, Canada's national digital theatre. Each week, we take new and underproduced theatre scripts and short stories and turn them into contemporary radio dramas. I'm Laura Mullen. And I'm Chris Tolley. Welcome back to Play Me, and the conclusion of Grade 8 by spoken word artist and playwright Dwayne Morgan. Last week on Play Me.
1: I was in a half-sleep when I heard the doorbell ring. When I opened the door, it was the police. And all I needed to see was the look on their faces to know that something has gone terribly wrong. And it might have been wrong of me, but my first thought was, oh God, my baby... My legs almost buckled. My mouth was pasty. And the only thing that saved me was the little voice that I heard crying in the distance. It's amazing how the cries that would torment me and pull at my heartstrings now brought me comfort and relief. How do you explain to a five-year-old girl that her mother's gone? My heart broke as I realized that I was going to have to do this alone.
0: Episode 2, The Conclusion of Grade 8, by Dwayne Morgan.
1: My sister also has a daughter, a beautiful little girl named Nicole who's only six and growing up without her father. I paid them a visit a couple weeks back, and there she was in her Sunday's best, waiting on her dad with her Dora the Explorer knapsack pack from two days in advance. This was both the most beautiful and the saddest thing I had ever seen, as she sat there in a world all her own, rushing to the door every time she thought she heard a car horn, only to return dejected. I admired her faith. And while she held out hope, her mom's heart broke, but there was nothing that she could do. Nicole refused to be moved. She would force herself off of the steps to use the washroom, but she didn't want to watch TV or have anything to eat. She didn't want to risk not hearing the sound of his car horn beep, and I wonder if he knows the legacy of his actions. As the sun set like her spirit, with her falling asleep on that step, with Dora being the pillow upon which she lay her head, and I can't even describe the hurt and the pain that I saw in her eyes, but what I knew is that I refuse to be that guy. He has no idea what he's missing out on. So even though my hands are full, I still try to pull some of his weight when I can, because that's what a man does. I've seen too many women walking through life unsure of themselves because of a lack of love, Just last week, I saw one of those downtown girls sticking out amidst the crowds like a tree planted in cement, stiletto heels accentuated shapely legs chiseled by the gods which seemed to go on for an eternity. She was a model of perfection who used the sidewalk as her personal catwalk. Men gawked while women stared and commented under their breath the hem of her skirt. Had the man in me hoping that she would bend of a so slightly so that I might see a glimpse of the femininity she so teasingly keeps hidden. A lot of time and thought went into this plan to seek attention and mine was hers so her planning works as I survey her curves. Her shirt revealed her midriff and the navel ring that glistens with the streetlights. Her ample breasts are youthful and jubilant, causing the stoppage of traffic like stop signs, and it really didn't matter if she had a mind, because she was all out there, looking fine from head to toe. But it wasn't until you got close that you noticed her eyes dull and speaking encyclopedia volumes it was in them that the true story was being told before me was an empty mold a woman more comfortable in her clothes and in her own skin a vacant shell using her body to divert attention from the hurt and the pain that she feels inside every cat call and comment builds her up but drowns her pride maybe her daddy never loved her enough Maybe he loved her too much. Or maybe it was the midnight touch from an uncle or a brother. Maybe it was a hard hand of a lover. Maybe it was just a regular guy like me, who is too shallow to see past her present to her possibility, never nurturing her inner beauty so it stays hidden like family secrets. Or maybe it was the sweet words from a mother that never came that was the source of her pain. I don't know. But I can tell that it was something, something deep. Buried carelessly like dust under a rug and I can see it, feel it, read it in her eyes and part of me feels guilty for doing nothing but shaking my head and walking by. But I've realized that in this life, you'll we'll see many crumble and fall. And even if we save one, we'll never rescue them all. Having a daughter has me paranoid. And given the neighborhood that we live in, you're constantly on your toes. I want to move us out of here, but it's hard with just my income. I feel as though there's always something to protect her from. She tells me that I go overboard sometimes, but honestly, I can't help it. I know that her mom is looking on and I'd never be able to forgive myself if something happened to her that I knew I could have prevented. Every day when she gets home from school, she heads straight to her room, gets on her phone and begins chatting with the same friends that she just saw. I have no clue what they have to talk about. But I try to tell her not to just trust random people that she meets online. Usually she'll roll her eyes and tell me that she knows the dangers of talking to strangers, but the phone is such a part of their culture that I don't really know if she gets it. I just hope that she can protect herself from the predators. Back in the day, they tried to lure girls with candy and kittens. Then they became these 40-year-old men sitting in Starbucks trying to lure girls online, but now they become much younger and the threat is much closer to home young girls are being targeted right on their mobile phones so is it true that you like me whatever your girl already told me don't get all shy now I think you're cute too so, if you like me like your girl says, send me a pic. Don't worry, it'll stay between us. Trust me, I got you. That is so not what I meant. What's wrong with you? You can trust me. I swear, it's just between us. Promise. Oh snap, now that's what I'm talking about. Don't worry about it. You get your English assignment done? I'm gonna work on mine now. I'll talk to you in a bit. Okay, cool. See you tomorrow. Don't worry about it. All right, peace. Yo, look at what she just sent, me. Just, sent me. just sent me! 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 It's that easy. We can't always see the danger that lies on the other side of the screen. The world is filled with a lot of sick people. To be honest, we all have ailments, morals, and values, and a list of things that we would compromise them for. We are walking contradictions, creating lives that work for us, seeking happiness at any cost, no matter how perverse or how many people get hurt in the process. I keep trying to build walls around her, while every day another layer of her innocence is chiseled away, at school, by the music, the TV, and just by life in general. And I don't trust anyone. Everything seemed so much easier before she started to talk. She was so cute. Then came the desire to understand, and there was no filter with her. She would ask whatever came into her head and pull questions out of the air like imaginary rainbows. Daddy, why is the sky blue? I told her, and she didn't really get it, but it was enough to keep her mind busy. You have to love the easy questions, because they aren't always easy. I remember one day she came home from school, and she was pissed. She said, Daddy, one of the kids in my class said that he's better than me because he has a penis. What's a penis? Just imagine how quickly the little wheel in my head started spinning. Well, first of all, sweetheart, there's nobody better than you, so don't let anyone tell you otherwise. As for that other thing, well... You know how boys and girls are made a little different, right? Remember how girls sit down to pee and boys stand up? And, well... Well, your private area is called your... Excellent! And a boy's private area is called his penis. I wonder if she noticed the beads of sweat that were bathing my forehead. These were the same beads of sweat that instantly appeared when she asked about sex and where babies came from. I try not to lie. I give her a little bit at a time, whatever I think she can digest. It might have been two years ago when she was 10. She marched into the kitchen wearing one of her favorite church dresses and says, Guess who I am, Daddy? Hmm. I think that you are my daughter. Obviously, Dad. Okay, so you're a fairy princess who's the most beautiful little girl I have ever seen. Cute, Dad. Real cute. I think I know who she gets the attitude from. With her eyes lighting up like a Christmas tree, she turns to me and she says, I'm a bridesmaid at your wedding. You're a what, where? Her latest thing is that I need to date. Just the other day she came in and was like, Dad, come and step into my office. Now this was a line that I use all the time, so I obliged her while laughing inside. I guess she pays attention after all. The funny thing is, at times, it seems as though she's as protective of me as I am of her. Once I sat down, she began We've been on our own for a long time now, Dad. I know that mom is looking down, and I'm sure she would expect you to move on. You deserve to be happy. You're so good to me, but I think you might be lonely. There's only so much that I can do, and I'm sure that there has to be someone else out there for you. Plus, a little sister wouldn't be bad. I appreciate what she had to say. I'm glad that we have the kind of relationship that allows us to talk so frankly. I can't lie. She's right, though. I'd love to find a woman that I can share my life with. I've been so focused on trying to ensure that she doesn't want for anything that I've forgotten about myself. Problem is, I've been out of the game so long, I don't even know how to get back in. I've only been in love with one woman my entire life. And sometimes, I still can't believe that she's gone. I mean, it's been seven years. I know that I've got to stop holding on to the past, but it's hard when I see her every time I look at my daughter's face. You don't see death coming. You just have to learn to accept it when it does. I'm ready to love again, though. I need to love again. I need to remember what it feels like to be alive in that way. Part of me died when we put her in the grave. I need a woman who can grow with me, revealing things about me that I never saw before, unearthing treasures buried under my pain. I want the fairy tale mommy, daddy, and daughter. I want debates at the kitchen table, lovemaking at night. I need someone to share my fears with and have pillow talks about my dreams, someone who will share in my success and isn't afraid to tell me when I'm wrong. I'm not looking for an instant wife or a replacement for her mom, but a strong woman who knows that she won't have to compete with a memory. A woman who will love me and accept my daughter as an extension of who I am. I need a role model, who understands kids nowadays and knows what's up. One who will be there for us and can help me out with the girly stuff. You know the girly stuff. When she was a toddler, I accidentally put her pantyhose on backwards. I caught myself before we left the house, and luckily she wasn't old enough to hold that one against me. A few years ago, I have no idea what came over me, but something convinced me that I could braid. I came up with this elaborate hairdo for picture day. Needless to say, I didn't order the school pictures that year. I've tried to think back to when I was in grade six. And yes, I know, it was a long time ago. But I can say for sure that I don't remember any of my classmates having breasts. Well, there was Peter, but I don't think that his counts. If my memory serves me correctly, I believe that my teacher was the only one who fit the criteria and I remember hers quite vividly. So it's hard for me to make sense of the small mounds that were blossoming on my daughter's once barren chest when she was only 10. They had me wishing that I could make them stop growing, but life is constantly in motion, so you either go with the flow or you get swept away by the current. Now there are some things in life that you can delay, others that you can avoid altogether. The training bra is not one of them. Now, I knew that this was going to be an awkward situation for the both of us, so I had to figure out a way that would cause the least amount of embarrassment. Now, I was hoping that she would have a bit of knowledge on the topic, at least a cup size or something, but she had nothing. Nada. We stood there, staring at the racks in front of us, amazed at the different styles, fabrics, shapes, and sizes The minutes that we had spent were feeling like hours. And if I didn't want those hours to turn into days I needed to make the first move. We were like an old married couple, arguing in whispers in the middle of the ladies' lingerie section as I insisted that she just try the bras on over her clothes. Now, either she got tired of saying no or me threatening to go get the sales girl changed her mind. By this time, there was a few other women in the section, so our operation became a bit more covert. Finally, we were on the same page, needing to get this over with as quickly as possible. It was a comedy of errors that left us driving home in silence. Both trying to erase what we had just been through. Inside, I was laughing. My baby's growing up. But she was livid. It's in situations like these that she misses you the most. I try my best, but there's nothing that can replace her mother. And it is every father's worst nightmare to hear his preteen daughter complaining about stomach pains. When mine did, I almost lost my mind. I reassured her by telling her that she'd be fine, and in no time, I was out the door on my way to the drugstore to get the necessary supplies. To my surprise, they have an entire aisle dedicated to women, with product stock from top shelf down to the floor. There were things that you had to put in, and pads with wings, and all sorts of products that had me reading the boxes to find out what they did. I was confused. I had no idea which products to choose, so I figure you can't go wrong if you just pick up one of everything. Just my luck. I end up stuck between two women in line with only one cashier working while my daughter is at home dying, and I could feel the eyes of the woman behind me peering into my basket, probably wanting to ask if I needed a little bit of help. As a cashier began ringing me in, she butt in, but I cut her off quick. I've got this. Pride is a bitch, because if I had listened, maybe she would have saved me some money, some embarrassment, or given me some much necessary direction. Instead, I was in the car, heading in the direction of home with the passenger seat covered by two bags of guaranteed relief. I knew the speed limit, but I had no choice but to speed, because my little girl was becoming a woman and she desperately needed me. I opened the door, ran past her on my way to the kitchen to drop the bags. Realizing what I had just did, I turned back, grabbed her hand, and asked if she was was okay. She looked at me with this weird look on her face and was like, uh, yeah, I just made some tea and got rid of the gas. Her period did come recently. Luckily for me, I had everything she needed already in the cupboard. This was another awkward situation, but she assured me that she had it under control, and in an attempt to let go and acknowledge that she was growing up, I stepped back, offered my support, and let her know that I was there for her, should she need me. Now while I allowed her the opportunity to deal with this new physical reality, I had to find it in me to have the conversation. You know, the birds and the bees conversation. This wasn't going to be easy, but it was necessary. So I called her to the living room and invited her into my office. She knows me well enough to know that when the conversation happens in the office, it's usually pretty important. I probably spent at least two days rehearsing what I would say so that I could be confident and comfortable, which would make it less painful for the both of us. I had the entire conversation planned out in my head, and when it came time for action, all of the rehearsals went out the window. It was like standing on stage, opening night, frozen by stage fright trying to will the words to your lips. I knew that there was no turning back. The talk had to happen so I had no choice but to improvise. Now usually, I'm the guy who knows it all, but that just gets her guard up and puts her on the defensive. So in the absence of her mom, I figured that a new approach would disarm her. You know that I love you more than anything in the world, right? It seems like just yesterday, you were this fragile little baby wiggling in my arms. Now here you are, all grown up. I don't know where the time has gone, but you've given me so many reasons to be proud of you. I always knew that the time would come when we'd have this conversation. Part of me was hoping that it wouldn't be coming so soon, but I guess we can't really control that. You know, I kind of feel like I'm rambling. Am I rambling? Oh, sorry. Look, I know that you've had your period, and there's a lot that goes with that. In some respects you're a woman now. And I don't want to insult your intelligence by telling you a bunch of stuff that you already know. So I'm just going to say what I think needs to be said. At the very least, it'll make me feel better and give me peace of mind. All I ask is that you hear me out. You're at that age now where boys don't have the cooties anymore. And you might start liking some of them. I just need you to know that guys... Well... Look, guys are the devil, and you should probably avoid them at all costs. Okay, that was kind of a joke. But I need you to know and understand that you can get pregnant now, and that scares the hell out of me. I see so much potential in you, and I know we've had our ups and downs, and I know you say you know all about this stuff, but I just need you to be careful, and to think before you make any decisions, I've worked my butt off to give you the best life that I can. And I know it's not perfect, but it's the best that I could do. I've tried to be the best example of a man that you could ever have, and if some guy isn't willing to love you as much as I do, then he just isn't the one. And I have to tell you that love and sex aren't the same thing. Don't be fooled by what these guys tell you. And don't think I don't see you rolling your eyes. This is important. I want so much for you. And I know that that's less important than what you want for yourself but I have to give you all of the tools to do battle with what you're going to be up against in this world. It isn't always easy out there for girls, but with you, sometimes I think I worry more than I have to. Sometimes I wish that I could pause time, because she's growing up so fast. The things she knows now, I didn't know until I was well into my teens. It feels like just the other day I was holding her in my arms, but those days have come and gone. Now, her and her friends just want to be pussycat dolls, but it's my job to make sure that she grows up to be a lady like her mom. She's at that age where she thinks that looks are all a guy wants and being a lady is for old people. It's hard trying to show her otherwise when she surrounds herself with things that undermines everything that I've been trying to teach her. I know how precious childhood is, and once it's gone, you can never get it back. So more than anything, I want her to enjoy being a girl. There's so much time ahead that there's really no reason to rush to grow up. i talked to some parents and it seems as though we have young girls being raped willingly. Taking batteries, becoming amateur porn stars too young to recognize the scars that will never heal. Too naive to know how true love feels so she tries in vain to conceal hurt, pain and confusion. Searching in boxer shorts, hoping to find a solution because she's young. Still just a little girl, not even ready for the jelly that she's packing. She has young men macking, big men trying to take advantage and more times her young mind can't manage, so she gets caught up. Daddy never taught her about love. How to get love or respect love, how to show love or know love so she grows up with a quickness. Hormones in the food give her body that thickness. She tantalizes minds with curved hips and thick thighs and some guys fall prey when she decides to add a few years to her age after recognizing the maturity of their frame. It's a sick and twisted game some of these young girls have learned to play wanting so badly to be grown. Not knowing that so many of those women who have grown wish that they could get some of that time back. But they can't so they have to live the lives of big women. As young girls try to emulate the lives of big women, not cherishing their youth or the lives that they are living, so blinded by material that they can't see the times that they live in, and with the future generation being sexually abused, I often wonder what will happen to this world. As young girls keep trying to be big women, while I just keep wishing that we could let these girls be girls. It feels like a losing battle. But I refuse to wave a white flag. It's like deja vu because now it's her and her crew huddling around magazines reading up on what they need in order to be appealing to boys. Page after page, they flip through countless ads for hope in a box. I'm sure you know the products that I mean. They're the ones with the attractive picture on the packaging that entices you to pick it up and stare at the picture, hoping that if you used it, you too would look as good as they do on the box. They usually never work, but it's amazing how many of us fall for them. Whether it be hope in a box, books, or magazines, our insecurities and low self-esteem have been good for the economy because self-help is a million-dollar industry, and only because of the fantasy that we are sold that makes us question whether or not we're okay just as we are. I must seem like a dinosaur with the advice I try to give to her and her friends, but I understand how life works, and I know that especially for women— If you aren't strong within, it's easy to get caught up, constantly changing yourself, looking for external validation of your worth when that too should come from within. Little boys with high-pitched voices, trying to sound all grown, have started coming by my home. Knowing the facade and the role that I play in it all, I gladly play along. Who are you? That's the name your mom gave you? So what, you didn't just see her at school? Well look man, she's doing her homework right now. If I remember, I'll let her know that you came by. I have waited for this time when I would get to torment young men in the same way that I was tormented as a teen. To me, it's just a part of the process. She doesn't see it that way though. Our differing opinions have led to our fair share of arguments, where her preteen attitude and Aries temperament often get the best of her. I try to be a friend, but I'm her father first. So we argue, we talk, but we eventually straighten things out. I can't lie, she's a great adversary. I always leave our disagreements feeling confident that she's well-trained on how to handle herself. I know that she feels the need to test her boundaries. And there've only been a few times when she's gone overboard and forced me to put my foot down. I'm slowly realizing, though, that she's becoming a big girl now, wanting to do big girl things. And the hardest thing for me is letting go of the strings I've always used to keep her close. I know that I have to, but knowing that doesn't make it any easier. Maybe it's the need to be in control that makes it hard to let go, or it could be the fear of the unknown, but it's inevitable. She has to grow up. And I have to sit back and watch like a fan in the stands of life, cheering on her accomplishments, wanting to protect her from mistakes, but instead sitting on my hands so that she can learn the lessons that life has planned for her. And while I should be sitting back, giving thanks, watching my years of work manifest, I can't help but be anxious and consumed with stress wondering if I did enough if she's tough enough to navigate her way through the bumpy terrain that's bound to come her way I guess I have to have faith that my teachings will be her compass and that she'll turn to me whenever she feels lost knowing that I will always be there with open arms ready to dust her off, kiss her boo-boos and send her back out on her path to make her mark on this world because no matter how big she gets In my eyes, she'll always be her daddy's little girl. It's taken some time, but I realize now what the issue has been. This world can be a very cold and unforgiving place for those who aren't prepared for it, or who get steered in the wrong direction. The world that I live in is one that I've been trying to protect her from. I live in a world of greed, corruption, racism, exploitation, homophobia, and misogyny. This isn't the world that I would like, but it's the only one I've ever been in. So I try my best to navigate my way through while trying to make it a little bit better for those who will inherit it from me. Naturally, my daughter will be the most direct beneficiary of my efforts. But ever since she was young, I've tried to create a world for her that was completely different from mine. A world in which none of the ills existed. One where she would feel as though there was nothing she couldn't do or achieve. One where she felt that she was free and not confined by her race or her gender. I created a world for her that was imperfectly perfect. One where she could thrive and flourish. One where she was surrounded by love. I placed a bubble around her, trying to shield her from the harsh realities of the world that I live in. But the bubble doesn't last forever, no matter how much I wish that it did. As a parent, there's only so much that you can do. Reality is sneaky and will eventually find a way to penetrate whatever defense you've set up. Soon you find that there are holes and leaks in your bubble. The questions that are being asked are now more mature. They start to realize that the world isn't how you created it for them. They start to see the corruption and injustice and the questions multiply. Now they really want to know why these are questions too complex for simple answers. With time, the world that we created for them becomes a distant memory of childhood, as their world morphs into ours, and they no longer live the facade of the fairy tale created to maintain their innocence. You end up sharing the same world, with all of its beauty and problems. This is when life starts to look like a casino, And you hope that the foundation you've set can stand up against the odds that are already stacked against you. This is when your hands are tied and you realize that you have no other choice but to just let go. Because there's a fear that grips you when you find out that you're about to be someone's father. And this is a fear that never goes away. Whether I might lose a son to a proposal or one day have to give my daughter away. No matter how proud you are of their successes in life, the things they achieve, the heights that they climb, they will always remain a child in your eyes. And you'll stay in the batting cage getting practice just in case you're called on to go to bat for them. But this isn't everyone's story. This only relates to those who confronted the fear and decided that having a child was worth being there, not just for them, but for yourself because there's so much that I've learned from having her that I otherwise would never have known. And I can't help but feel bad for those men who have no clue what I'm even talking about. This is the hardest thing I've ever done, often with no rewards or perks. But every time I see her smile, I'm reminded that it was worth it, that it is worth it, and will continue to be so. There is nothing more amazing than watching a seed grow to its full potential knowing that you've fertilized and nourished its capabilities. And I don't know how single mothers do it, but I understand and respect their strength. In the end, I guess we find the energy for the things we deem important. Even in my darkest hours, my daughter is my light. And looking at her, sometimes I think that I might have done something right, despite all of the mistakes that I've made. But nobody's perfect, not me. Not her. Things are bound to occur that will test us because life isn't easy and believe me when I say that this little girl has been a handful each and every day. But I probably shouldn't expect it to be any other way. She is her mother's daughter. She's inherited those genes. Even in my weakest moments, my interactions with her remind me that her mom is still with me. Just somewhere up there. Living in another frame. Her report card came. We did it. Our little girl's going into grade eight.
0: That was the conclusion of grade eight by spoken word artist and playwright Dwayne Morgan. Be sure to tune in next week for a bonus episode, an interview with the playwright. This episode was edited by Corey Barnes. Visit playmepodcast.com to learn more about our podcast, to leave a comment, or to let us know what you think of our shows. Play Me is produced by Laura Mullen and Chris Tolley. The associate producer is Rashonik Jabari. Play Me is funded by the Toronto Arts Council, the Ontario Arts Council, and the Ontario Trillium Foundation. Special thanks to our partners, the Playwrights Guild of Canada, the Toronto Fringe Festival, and the Spiderweb Show. Play Me is an Expect Theatre production. For more information, visit playmepodcast.com.